if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. Joining me on the show today, I have Miss Rena Trevi. First, let me tell you all the things Rena is not. She's not a dominatrix, she's not a masseuse. And she's not a psychotherapist. How she prefers to describe herself is as a vulnerability coach. Her mission is to acquaint you with your own self, raw and unmasked, through the art of rope tying. Today, we'll be diving deep into topics such as the erotic mind, bondage, kink, and tantra, just to name a few. I hope y'all enjoy the show. 
All right, Miss Rena, thank you so much for coming on to that Sex Chick, the podcast. I know that what we're going to talk about directly today may or may not have to do with sex specifically, but it definitely has to do with the erotic mind. I have been so intrigued by you and your work, uh, how you came across into my field um, was our mutual friend, Cole. And I've been living here in Austin for the last few years. And I've also been fascinated by Cole's work in the psychedelic space and um, how she leads groups and they go into healing and all these different kinds of alternative healing methods. And then very recently, I saw her starting to post things that had a little bit of a kinky edge to them. And then... <laughs> I was so impressed and excited for her journey uh, because I did not know of this, of her. It seemed like a very new thing. And then not that far after I started seeing her getting things made like a chakra blogger and, you know, all this different, different stuff that she started to put into her tool belt that I see her um, prepping to run a retreat experience with you. And I was like, oh, I bring people into my retreats to tie. I have had retreats in the past that were all about surrender and I've had retreats in the past that were about sisterhood and it actually hasn't mattered what the topic of the retreat has been. Almost every one of my in-person multi-day experiences, I bring somebody in to teach rope. I bring somebody in to tie my attendees because I love the experience that rope and bondage can bring. And so when I saw Cole bring you into that space and lead people that some people I knew, some people I didn't know, through what I knew was probably one of the most incredible experiences of their lives. I was like, I have got to know this lady. Um, I went to your <laughs> Instagram, I looked all over it. And then I saw um, around the time that this was all going on, I was starting to learn how to play sound bowls. And so I have a, a whole set of sound bowls. I was going through a little training on it. And then I saw some of your pictures have the Tibetan singing bowls. And some of them have, you know, all these different kinds of what I would say are more spiritual um, setups, but then they're also with the bondage. And I was like, I don't know what she is doing, but I have got <laughs> to, you know, it was another layer. I was like, I've got to know. And then it looked like, almost shamanic spiritual rope journeys. And I was like, okay, that's it. I told my assistant, I was like, we've got a book her on the show. Um, I was like, I've got to have a conversation with her. So Rena, thank you for having this chat. I know that these are um, not something that you do very regularly. And so I'm just so thankful that you are up as late as you are in Bali. And I can kind of hear the frogs in the background now and it's very sweet. <laughs> so you have some frogs in the background, but thank you for staying up that you can have this conversation with me all the way in America. Um, it's so lovely to meet you. Likewise, I'm super thrilled to share things that I love. And yeah, just like you described, rope has a lot of potential, has a lot of potential to explore yourself as far as psychology, as far as spirituality. And yes, I'm definitely excited to share more about my favorite tool. Mm, amazing. So First and foremost, before we jump straight into bondage and tying and all that, um, you have quite the impressive resume. <laughs> 10 years of working as a full-time dom in New York, three years of practicing sexological body work for women, eight years of studying Tantra with various schools in Asia, and a certified death doula and life cycle celebrant. So I'm curious, because that is, a, like I said, a very impressive resume. 
I can what? add a few more things. I can yeah. share that I'm a freediving instructor and I practice extreme sports all around the world. That was coming. <laughs> yep. And that was coming next. So, um, so to wrap all of that into a nice little bow to get our, um, our conversation started, I would love to know, and I'm sure my listeners would love to know as well. What had you start this journey into the world of sex work, and then also adrenaline sports. (laughs) And I'd love to hear you talk about maybe each of those chapters a little bit more in depth. Yes, it started pretty early in my life. I was a teenager and I was quite depressed and life seemed quite meaningless. And I was really looking for a major restart as I was quite suicidal and things were not as fun. And I really was quite desperate. So my first skydive happened when I was six and that really changed my life uh, as I jumped off the airplane I mean just before the jump itself as I was looking down things were looking quite different than when I was trapped inside of that world like I just saw the world I saw how precious life was I realized that I really want to leave and I want to enjoy every precious moment of living and the jump itself was like a really death and being reborn experience and that moment changed me. And I realized that extreme sports are a way to fight my depression, fight anxiety, fight any kind of nonsense of the world, like money, boyfriend issues. So ever since I started to practice skydiving and uh, that brought more extreme sports into my life because then I started base jumping, which is jumping off objects like buildings, antennas, cliffs. Um, and then I started snowboarding, free diving, or first scuba diving, and then free diving. Um, and a similar thing happened in my career because initially I tried to be a good girl, <laughs> tried to be like everyone getting uh, successful in my office career, got my MBA and worked in finance, but I was quite miserable, quite depressed. I was going skydiving every weekend, but every week I would get quite depressed again. So there was a point that I just couldn't take it anymore. I realized I don't want to be in the office anymore. It didn't feel authentic to me. I didn't feel right about being there nine to five and having very uh, superficial conversations with people around me, all the small talk and formalities of the corporate world. And then my friends, I was lucky to have really cool friends who were from skydiving community and they took me into the dungeon world. And I was really impressed because all of a sudden, Everything was reversed, like the rules that were in the society, in the normal society, so-called, were completely upside down. Like, for example, humiliation was sexy, pain was pleasure, and being trapped, being bound in bondage was a freedom. And that was really curious to me because it resonated with my view of extreme sports, how when by pushing my boundaries and facing death, I'm actually feeling most free and alive. And similarly, in BDSM journey, I felt a lot of aliveness and I felt a lot of authenticity and intimacy and connection. So I ended up giving up all my other careers in, and to, to become a dominatrix. And I found it quite fascinating, although I took my time to really evolve because initially I was just curious. I wanted to explore. I wanted to try everything. I wanted to meet all kinds of people. But over time, I became more focused. I became more narrow in the kind of clients I wanted to see. I started to 
see what is my niche and slowly, slowly it brought me to the world of Tantra and spirituality because my domination career allowed me to travel the world and I could go to Asia and spend a few months every year to practice spirituality, meditation, Tantra. Well, I was going to different retreats, seeing different gurus and masters and I couldn't help but I connected it with my work and I felt like BDSM already had some spiritual component to it because by, for example, being tied up, you can't help but meditate because you're helpless. There's nothing left to do. But by practicing spirituality daily, I was able to bring it on a more conscious level and more intentional level. Like, look, why are we doing this? What is the point of bondage? What is the point of torture? What is what we're looking from it? And then my clients were able to contemplate more, to question, not to take their fantasies for granted, but to actually introspect and inquire, who am I? Why am I looking to experience this? Who is the one who has this drive? And that brought a lot of contemplation, self-inquiry, meditation to my practice. And finally, I decided to really position myself as the Dom who is uh, practicing mindfulness, who is uh, striving for evolution, for self-discovery. And that's beautiful because it seems like it's um, a trend these days. But I find that there are many more dominatrixes out there and overall other kind of kinky people in general, fetishists, are actually bringing more mindfulness into their kinks, so, which is really, really great. Oh my goodness. A story after my own heart. Like I, oh, you put that together so beautifully. I love it. it. I mean, a lot I could see while my story is not really anything like yours, I could still find myself in it talking about leaving the corporate world and going for more adrenaline stuff. I mean, I left, I left school and then went to ships, which I think I mentioned right before we got on. And I lived on luxury cruise lines for almost six years. And that was very exciting. And then left that and then wound up starting my path and my journey, found BDSM and then started my path and my journey into becoming that sex chick and becoming a sex coach and a writer and a blogger. And um, I love the position that, that I find myself in is that I know maybe a medium size amount of a lot of different things. And so people find their way to me and they just are like, I don't know what I want. I just know that I want more or I just know that I want out of my mind. I want back into my body. I want to experience more in the world. I want to be able to receive more in the world. Like I want to have joy and peace and pleasure and all of that. And I just have no clue how to do it. And I'll go, great, let's assess. And then a lot of times I, I will hear what they have to say and I'll go, okay, well, let's take you down the path of Tantra. I'll give them the little or the medium sized amount of information I know. And then I'll introduce them to someone like, you know, Lori Handlers or Davy Ward Erickson or somebody else that's here in, in the States or somewhere else in the world that is, you know, a Tantra person. Or if they're like, I'm into BDSM, I might introduce them to some of the professional doms that I know or something like that. But more often than not, my uh, favorite avenues to send people are where they can learn mindfulness while they're also exploring the erotic, some people might call darkness or some people might call the edge. And so to be, to hear how your journey led you to interweaving the dark and the light, if we want to give them a black, white, you know, duality, you know, I mean, that's because I give that because that's what some people need their mind for it to make sense. But I love 
to hear that you've woven it into this beautiful, magical gray area <laughs> where so much is possible. So thank you for sharing the story with us. You didn't mention the doula work. Is that something that plays, <laughs> still plays in, into all of the things that you do? Yes, there are a few things I didn't mention because, of course, time is limited. Sure. But um, the doula is, came to me naturally because I found uh, myself drawn to the topic of death in general. Well, obviously, extreme sports, uh, especially base jumping, you get to lose your friends in the sport, you're risking your life. And, of course, it makes you contemplate. And similar with BDSM scenarios where one feels like on the edge that I'm going to just die now. Well, we, of course, we try to play as safe as possible, but the fear of death is something that comes up. You can do breath play or some heavy bondage play or some heavy role play scenarios with some humiliation. And one can feel like I will just die now. This is so much for me. So, um, of course, there is this desire to understand what is death all about and why we are so drawn to experience this near-death experience. It's like, why do we want it so much? So I ended up going for a death doula training as a result, as I was quite curious to go deeper into it. And I was really, really fascinated because the training itself was very insightful. Uh, first of all, during the training, I was able to understand that it's not even so much about, well, of course, death doula practically is about helping somebody to die more harmoniously and to prepare for them. It's a prepare to have a very conscious end of life journey. But uh, for those who are still living as part a part of the training, we were able to contemplate the idea how would we feel if this was our last days of life? How would we feel if this was the end of life journey for us? And by doing the exercises, pretending that this is the end of life journey for us, it was so important, so powerful because we were able to learn like so much how would we live our life differently? What kind of choices we would make? What would be meaningful for us? What, what were the things we would do? What were the things we would say? Would we try to finish some unfinished business such as uh, forgiving somebody or asking for forgiveness and it was incredible because I, I realized like wow well, first of all one doesn't have to be on the final journey to do those things because it actually teaches us to live while facing the facing the idea of mortality facing death and then of course I was really curious uh, to explore to meet people who are on their final like final journeys and to see how what how can I assist them? And is it really possible for me to assist them? And is it possible for them to have a more peaceful days towards the end of their lives? And wow, I was really fascinated to see how much beauty comes because death is something that society presents as something really, really negative, as something really to avoid talking about. And if somebody is dying, we would try to make be as superficial as possible to avoid talking about this topic so we can talk about something more simple but it's actually the other way around i truly believe that the final days of our lives are the most important the preparation and the death itself is in spiritual traditions as well of the east it's considered that life is the preparation for this final day so I find a lot, a lot of depth in it. And yeah, I could go on about this, but I feel like this already goes off topic because we are going away from sexuality. So let me just connect this a bit to 
your topic because I feel like death and sex have a lot in common, a lot more than we believe. The French uh, translation of orgasm is a little death. And in a way, we are experiencing this dissolution of our ego, this explosion of our I, the sense of separate self during the most sublime moments of sex. And whether it's penetrative sex or it's the kinky sexuality or exploring our fetish, I'm just talking about eroticism in general. During the, the most the peak erotic moments, we tend to experience the, the feeling of death and it feels really blissful. It feels and excruciatingly blissful because the orgasm itself you felt like well, I cannot just take it anymore it's too much it's just too uh, expanding too exploding too too much but we're not afraid of it just because it's so socially accepted and death is just just can be just this way it's just that we are afraid of to talk about it in a society and we are not preparing for it properly. So I believe those those two topics have to be addressed more, have to be studied more, have to be understood better because there is so much potentiality for growth, for evolution, for freedom in both of those topics. And they are a lot more similar than people believe. So special. And you're right, both taboo. <laughs> both taboo subjects. So. All right. I love that. Thank you. Special woman. That's a lot, a (laughs) lot of curiosities. And I love how you describe that. You've just leaned into them so much. Yes. And I was definitely studying a lot more about sexuality, especially for women, because as part of tantric school, we had to learn more about our orgasmic potential. So this is what brought me to be a a body worker for women, because Mm -hmm. first of all, I was exploring Yoni massages myself, uh, which is um, the name for uh, body work for women, which involves vaginal massage. And I was really surprised how much more we hold there, how much more potential for pleasure, for relaxation women have. And that brought me a lot to understanding of my own sexuality, the depth of it, the beauty, the orgasmic potential, the ability to have an emotional release, to let go of certain traumas. I feel like it's very, very much connected to our center as a woman, to our cervical area, the vaginal area. So this is something that I've explored for myself first. And once I saw how much potential there is, this is what brought me to the idea, wow, I would like to gift it to other women. And this is how I went to classes myself and I've learned to be a body worker for women so I could show other women how much possibilities we have because this is also something that is taboo that a lot of time women have no idea how much more potential they have there and if more people more women could have access to this this kind of massage which is just basically gentle vaginal massage just knowing proper pressure points and it just takes a lot of time and patience it's like three hour work so woman can take her time to really, really relax into it and I sh- I'm sure the world would be such a better place and women would be so much more happy in their sexuality if they had access to this. Yeah, absolutely. So I am getting ready to have, I, sh- I should be getting ready to have my first experience with a sexological body worker. And I have, wow. all the, I have all the feels. I've talked about it a lot. I've led people in that direction to go have their own experiences, but I have not had them myself. And so I, if all goes according to plan, I will be going to um, an experience in California in January 
where I'll, I will get to have multiple days of sexological body work, which I am like, I am nervous. I tell people about this all the time, but now <laughs> I'm going to put my own self in there. So if somebody, let's say that there is a woman or someone who's in a relationship with a woman who's hearing this podcast and they're hearing you talk about this sexological body work, if how would someone know that they could use that service or how would someone like where could, well, I'll make it more personal for you. People that have come to you or that you've worked with, what have been some common themes that have led them to you so that, you know, sexological body work wound up being the thing that helped them through something? Uh, most women who come to me are those who would like to experience vaginal orgasm because majority of women are, well, in the society, we are considered to be lucky if we have clitoral orgasm, but we actually, vaginal orgasm is something that is a myth, like that not many women know about. And uh, a lot of women feel either numb there or they feel pain. And so those who come to me are usually those who are feeling either numb or a painful sensation, and they like to explore their you anymore. They like to feel more familiar with this. They like to know how it feels when they touch in certain spots. I show them the map of their yoni, like this is your cervical area. This is your G-spot. This is how I touch it. How does it feel? And they lay down with their eyes closed. There is absolutely zero activity from their side. So they can feel themselves from the inside. Like, ah, this is how it feels when I'm touched here. Because during lovemaking, we are focused on our partner. We don't have a chance to really selfishly <laughs> focused on ourselves because we are in the giving, giving, receiving, giving, receiving mode. While during uni massages, you get to only receive. And it's a gift to receive something for so precious for so long because we are not used to it. We are accustomed to constant idea that we need to do something for our partner, which is great. We want to give as well, but just to receive is a gift and it gives a lot of opportunities to feel yourself deeper, to understand yourself better. And of course, physically to open up those pressure points, because quite often there are some spots that are not regularly touched inside. And uh, by touching those spots, they are slowly blossoming. They're slowly opening up, just like any other parts of the body. We like to get neck massage, shoulder massage. Initially, they feel stiff, but then they slowly, slowly open up. So similarly, from the inside, if we are touched gently, they slowly open up. And not only on the physical level, they start opening up on certain emotional level. We start to have certain feelings, certain emotions attached to them. And it's not a bad thing that there are emotions coming up during sexuality, during yoni massage, because emotions are just the different colors of the sexual energy. It's totally okay to cry or rage or laugh during some orgasmic experiences, during sexual experiences. So this is also something that I share and teach because a lot of times women are repressed emotionally. They don't allow themselves to let the fire out, just get angry, explode, or to get more lyrical and just cry because the partner will think something is wrong. So there is a lot of psychological, physical work, energetic work involved in this. And I feel there is so much potential. And I really believe that it should be more common. It should be more accessible to women around the world. Absolutely. And it's not... It's not the equivalent of what some people might say, oh, go for a happy ending massage. 
Do you know what I mean? Like that's something that I hear, especially like growing up the men around me or the boys around me and they say, Oh, they're joke around. And there's like a joke of go to get a happy ending, but where's the happy ending for women. And this, what we're talking about now, isn't that I'm just going to throw that out there. Not necessarily that. Um, so oftentimes people are coming to you. What it sounds like is that they want to work on something. It's not necessarily that they just want to get off. You know what I mean? That they want to come to you for necessarily an orgasm, but to work on how to have more expansive orgasms or how to have an orgasm at all. It's like a, a challenge that they are coming to you with. Not necessarily, I just want to get, I just want to get off. That's true. Actually, if you have an intention to get as much pleasure as possible, that's an obstacle because you have this very greedy attitude that uh, you are here as a consumer getting something. And this is the sure way to get less because when you have this kind of expectation, it actually prevents you from having more pleasure. It's really paradoxical situation here. I feel sexuality has a lot of paradox paradox built into it, like a quantum mechanics of life. Sexuality has a lot of um, really peculiar ways of um, functioning because if you are really present and you don't expect anything and all you want is to feel yourself deeper, this is the best approach to it because this is when you are just open-minded and you're allowing anything to happen. You are allowing for pain to pass. You're allowing for pleasure to pass, for emotions to pass. And this is the attitude of surrender, which something we'll definitely mention in this talk because this is a really big part of my work, teaching mm-hmm. people how to surrender because if there are expectations and you come and you, for the for yoni massage or for kink experience, anything, and you have this idea that, I'd like to get this kind of pleasure this time in this way, then it really sets your mind in a very narrow way, in a very limited way. And it actually prevents the flow from happening. It prevents life from exposing something new in its own spontaneity. So our mind has a lot of control over our body, unfortunately, because our body has much more wisdom by itself. And in our, in our mind, we have in some preconceived notions, some shame, some ideas that how things should be or really strong expectations to get as much as like bright, bright, explosive orgasmic experience that actually prevents a lot of things from happening. So this is the one big part of my work, which is the trickiest one is to teach the right mindset, to teach mm-hmm. um, women or men who ever come for my BDSM session or Shibari journey, the attitude of surrender. I feel like this is a really big key for success in any practice is the right attitude of giving up control, of surrendering, of going with the flow, of being more intuitive instead of having things pre-planned, pre-expected, uh, having some ideas of how exactly things should be. Hey there, love bugs. As y'all know, I love sex. And if there's one thing that's for sure going to get in the way of my pleasure and my availability for sexy time, it's my body feeling heavy, my belly bloated, and generally feeling uncomfortable or fatigued. Y'all know I don't shy away from the TMI, so here it goes. Needing to poop and not being able to will 100% of the time get in the way of my yes to sex. I've been on a journey since I was 17 
and I had my gallbladder removed due to gallstones and attacks. It's been a guessing game of what works best for my body ever since. I've gone through major ups and downs physically and emotionally. I've thought I've had it all figured out to quickly realize that there's still so much that I don't know about what's going on inside of me. I take my health very seriously. And while there's still so many unknowns, unknowns that I am, of course, committed to going very deep into before walking down the path to motherhood next year, there's still so many question marks. And while I may not have it all figured out, there are a handful of lifestyle products and supplements that really help me feel most like myself. And when my system feels supported, when I'm moving my body and when I'm caring for my vessel, I am simply more receptive to all of the pleasures in life. One of the ways I choose to support myself on my health and pleasure journey is with a line of superfood products called Organifi. Some of my absolute faves, red juice for energy support. Now, I love coffee, but reaching for that in the middle of the day can sometimes be a bit hard on my system. So I love opting for something like Organifi Red because it's mostly made of beets and berries. It allows me to support my energy throughout the day without any additional caffeine intake, which is great because there's no rest in the work that I do, helping people who want a better sex life. And then when I'm ready to wind down, I use Organifi Gold, which is a blend of turmeric, ginger, and adaptogenic mushrooms like reishi and turkey tail. Life running a multifaceted sex and love coaching business can keep me super fired up. This tasty superfood blend helps me transition into relax mode so I can be present with my babe and my pups and it for sure prepares me for a really great night's sleep. Above all, the best of the best, in my book anyway, is the mental and digestive support that they offer because a healthy and supported gut equals a healthy mind, which is a lesson I continue to learn over and over again. Organifi Pure helps me with that. Now, I wouldn't share something with all of you that I didn't believe in or that I wouldn't use myself. So I'm sharing this with you all from a place of love and authenticity. Side note, I was in the same Burning Man camp in 2019 with one of the co-founders of Organifi. So I think that's pretty dope too. Anyhoozle, if you are looking for a way to better support your energy, your downtime, your digestion, mental focus, or overall health, check out Organifi at www.organifi.com forward slash TSC. To the listeners of That Sex Chick, you get an additional 15% off of your order of USDA, organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, non-GMO, 100% organic whole food. You know, I love buzzwords. Your order, just visit www.organifi.com forward slash T-S-C, and you spell Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash T-S-C. I'm glad that you led me here. That's the next chunk of the time mm-hmm. that I wanted to spend on is, and you just said Shabari journey or BDSM experience. So I haven't asked, I've been thinking this, like, I wonder what she sees the most present. Like if somebody wants to come have a kink experience with you, And then, you know, similar question, but for the Shibari journey, you see a similar kind of trend coming up. Like, I think someone would come to you, maybe that's like, I just feel so out of control in my life, or they feel, I feel like I'm so, I'm trying to control too much, or I'm having a hard time. Do people usually tell you that they have a hard time with surrender? Uh, Yes, actually, a lot of times I see clients who are 
looking to surrender because they have hard time with this. And this is uh, the trend of our society is to control everything. Our time is very controlled. Our lifestyle is controlled. Everything is scheduled. And we have to say the right things at the right time. We don't have many opportunities to be spontaneous. We don't go for walk just for walking, not to get somewhere. We have goals all the time. Like we want to achieve things. We have lists. So we are a bit too much in that direction. Therefore, subconsciously, we all crave for experience of surrender because we want to let go of this. We want to let go of our uh, heads, like to thinking too much. We want to let go of planning too much, expecting too much. And let's continuity to happen. And therefore, the experience of surrender is very trendy these days because I hear it all the time how much we pray for a day to ourselves where there is no responsibilities. We can just feel how we want to live this day. And therefore, experience of uh, rope bondage, because I already shifted from BDSM practices towards rope bondage. It seems like the best tool for me these days because. This is the direct experience of surrender because by being restrained, you have no choice but surrender and you get to experience what is it like for you to really give up control? What is it like for you to meet yourself raw and masked and vulnerable? So I find a lot of beauty in this because ropes, they substitute all the tools that I've used before. I, when I was a dom for almost for about 10 years but more, I was using all kinds of tools. I've learned so many techniques, so many different toys and tools, so many ways to dominate someone, so many ways to explore fetishes. But uh, when I discovered uh, shibari, shibari is a Japanese uh, ancient art of tying, I found that this is it. I found the tool that I want to explore more because it has uh, tremendous potential. Just the rope itself is the language that you use to guide someone, to meet themselves, to guide someone in their vulnerability, in their surrender, in their helplessness. And by guiding somebody into the state of surrender, they have nothing else to do but to meet themselves. Mm -hmm. And when they meet themselves, they start to feel certain aspects of themselves they tried to avoid in life or certain intuitive things that they were trying to understand but couldn't. They tend to have certain insights about their life, about who they are, or they can have a very deep, relaxing experience, experience of completely no mind, completely nothing to do, nothing to think, nothing to decide, just being held, just being, just being, because how much... Of how many of us can be just be? We constantly do something. We have to go somewhere, do something. And while restraint, it can feel pleasant or it can feel painful. But when you are surrendered, when you are just being, everything becomes just an interesting experience, an adventure journey. And you take this journey in a spirit of surrender because you don't choose what happens next. You are just there and you have no idea what kind of will happen to you because I can be very sensual, I can be very erotic with someone, but I can be also very brutal and sadistic with somebody else. And I trust my intuition when I choose. It's usually not something that I plan in advance. It's something that just happens in continuity of play. But my submissive doesn't know exactly where we're going and this is really amazing because it really brings you to the present moment because you have no idea you have no control over what's going to happen next 
But at the same time, it's a consensual journey and you don't realize that you're not a victim. You actually chose this journey. It's not like someone kidnapped you. No, you know that you're safe and that you chose it and that you can stop it at any moment. Any moment you can say stop and everything will stop. So just this idea gives you a sense of safety that you can continue exploring because this is a chosen journey. This is a chosen type. This is a chosen experience. So you know that in the, even though you're surrendering, you're helpless, but at the same time, you are very much empowered because you chose, you courageously chose actually to explore being helpless. Oh, I, I am ready to get tied. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody else listening to this is like, holy shit, tie me up. Um, so I am so curious as the person who does the tying, it sounds and feels like it's a lot to hold or a lot to, to, um, create a container with and around, because even though the person is saying I have, um, agency and I get to make the choice of when this ends and how it, how it unfolds. And even though it's the person who's ultimately surrendering and letting go is, really driving the train. And, you know, for someone like you, you are intuiting what is the next thing that you're going to do or what's the next piece of the tie going to be like. Um, I am curious what that experience is like for you. Do you feel like a, let's say a sense of flow, like you're so present with someone? Do you feel like your energies are maybe flowing together or is it, you know, more direct and present and, you know, you're holding, what does it feel like? It's an amazing experience of um, so-called top space because uh, in BDSM, there are two terms, subspace and the top space. And subspace is the space of surrendering, of total, total submission, giving your power away completely and allowing anything to happen to you. This is called subspace. And that's considered to be the space of somebody who journeys like a psychedelic experience is also a subspace because you're surrendering to this to this flow but where you are at the same time you are dominated you are quite helpless but on the other hand for me the experience of top space is incredibly empowering as i grew up in a society where women were more victim and particularly in my family we were kind of quite poor and women didn't have too many rights in russia where i grew up and when i first came to united states i also felt like a victim in a way i had to struggle to survive i always felt like i'm mistreated um, and I couldn't stand up for myself and it was hard for me to say no. It was hard for me to raise my voice. I could cry easily, but I couldn't get angry. So I was really struggling with my self-esteem and by becoming a guide in these journeys, it helped me to connect to my power and the power, it feels tremendous. It's like, feels really big. It feels like um, I can do anything. There is nothing that I cannot do. So it gives me like a very expanding state that I'm the one who is creating and destroying universes. It's like makes me feel like this goddess Kali in Hindu mythology. One of my favorite goddesses, Kali, and she's considered to be the number one goddess among all. Well, they're not compared who's better. It's just the first one that's usually presented is goddess Kali. She's the goddess of time, of death, and right transformation she basically create destroys universes in order to crush egos and bring one to the enlightenment by walking around the world and mercilessly smashing chopping the heads off she finally steps on the corpse 
which ends up being a Shiva corpse. And Shiva is the masculine form which presents the divine consciousness, something which is beyond time and space. And by stepping on Shiva, she stops because Shiva is beyond time and space and he's the only one who can make Kali surrender. So for me, the experience of Kali feels just like that experience of top space, the power feels like it's actually a divine auction to be fiery, to be aggressive, to be brutal. It feels very divine because by smashing the illusion from my submissive or by taking off the layers of their ego or the shells of their protection, I'm actually bringing them close to their divine nature because what prevents us from feeling our divine nature is our illusionary sense of self, the mask that we are wearing in society, like the head of the household, the strong man, an alpha male, whatever roles we are playing to protect our vulnerability is actually what prevents us from true freedom, from being in touch with this divine nature in ourselves. So in a way, for me, it feels incredible that I can finally let my fire out, the strength, the energy, this like unapologetic strength that I have and I use it, it can look very brutal in a way because it doesn't, it might look that I'm actually crushing somebody, torturing somebody, but at the same time, I'm doing it with this divine precision because I feel and I know that by taking this mask off, by triggering somebody, by provoking somebody, by hurting somebody, I'm actually bringing them closer to themselves because through this pain, through this disillusion of ego, through this state of confusion and losing your habitual identity you are actually brought much closer to your center and in the space of vulnerability the two of us can connect because there comes the point that there is no longer a mask there is no longer any pretentiousness we don't play any more games it's actually very raw and real because finally as a goddess in me i can really feel the god in him and the two of us can really do this dance together so the climax of the scene actually happens when we don't, we no longer understand who is submissive and who is dominant. Like the two of us are one already. There is no more division of who is who and who is doing what to whom. Actually, we are all together in this. That is good shit, Rina. <laughs> oh my goodness! And you know, I just I I like try to put myself in my listeners ears. <laughs> I know. I try to listen for a second with their ears while I hear you. And I, I, I imagine that there's so many people that are like, this lady is blowing my mind because you know how so, so many people, and I'm sure you've experienced this before. Like they look at these ropes and they look at, like you said, it looks like you're torturing someone or it looks like you're hurting someone. And, and like that they consented at the beginning and now they're just being under your spell and they can't work their way out. There's so many people that I I still come in contact with after being in this work for you know so long that are like, this is just demented shit. Like this is, you know, whether it's kink or BDSM or some people enacting fetishes or they are going in this direction of wanting to be tied up, that there's still this notion of um, or this misconception that everyone's fucked up that does this. But the, what you just described is what dare I say, everyone on the planet is seeking and searching for almost their entire life is how do I get to know myself or how do I be free of myself? How do I get in contact with 
my divine purpose? How do I stop the noise in my head? How do I experience more pleasure? How, how do I just be with myself without trying to crawl out of my skin every 45 minutes? Or, you know, how do I, how do I be with myself so that I can be with my children or be with my love? Or how do I uh, get to be with myself in a way that allows for me to attract love in my life? Like it's, so much more and so beyond what the surface level looks of it is. And I think that what you just described a little while ago, just, I want to like put it on something. I want to like get it transcribed and have it go viral so that more people can understand that there's so much more going on. Well, since you mentioned about going viral, I have my online course, which is about to be launched. And uh, this is an online course called uh, Tantric BDSM Immersion. And pretty much all the knowledge of BDSM that I acquired over the decade of practicing, I put it out there, which begins with the most basic things that are needed for beginners, like the terminology, the, the practices, the techniques, the tools, what you do. Uh, but then it goes towards psychology and we go to archetypes and understanding of our erotic mind, the origins of our fantasies, why we are striving for this, what does it mean, what we're looking for. And finally, it concludes with tantra and spirituality, the shamanic journey, the ascending, the descending journey, the consecration, the divine archetypes, the goddesses have mentioned Kali, but there is also Tara, there is Shiva. There are many goddesses that play with that. So yes, I'm really excited to share because I feel like the knowledge is very precious. And um, a lot of people fantasize about power exchange, but they have no idea where to begin, how to start, how do you do it in a safe way, but it's also in a healthy way, in the way that one can grow from it and evolve. So yes, this is it. I'm super thrilled to keep on sharing this. Yeah. So basically every question that I didn't have time to get to that I was very curious about, it sounds like you're answering it in your course. Yes. It's a 10 week long course. It's very deep. So I don't oh, like to take things on a shallow level. When I like to go into something, I like to go really all the way. So I have, I have happened to be a radical person since I started doing extreme sports so I feel like my online course also represents this vision of myself that if you want to study something you really want to go deep into it so that this way when you practice it you get the best out of it. Agreed and of course going that deep in allows for more embodied experience instead of just I'm getting the knowledge and now I'm just kind of robotically trying to make this thing happen but if you're like really immersed in it then you a phoenix in the fire kind of situation, you know, like yeah. I get, the ego does the um, disillusion and then all of that. Um, yeah, it, it's so good. So I'm really curious when people say, okay, I love everything that Rena is saying. I want to study with her. What does it look like? Do they find you on your website? Should they go to maybe Instagram, connect with you there? Um, is it uh, something that they can do from at home. Um, you said online course. So will there be live calls or is it more like pre-recorded stuff? Uh, so you definitely can find me on my website, vulnerabilitycoaching.com. Follow my Instagram, Rina, uh, uh, Rina slash Trevi. And at the same time, there will the online course itself, it, it has a lot of recorded material, but it also has the option for the direct interactions with me so I can guide you through it. So there are different possibilities out there. But yes, there is tons of great material that we recorded in Thailand, in New York City, as well as Bali. So we definitely wanted to bring 
different parts of the world together to show how BDSM can be practiced in different settings at home, on the nature or in a dungeon place. So you can choose what works best for you. Oh my gosh, that's so, so good. And I'll just say, I am going to extend the same thanks and gratitude to you that I give to, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kenneth Play, um, but he is a, an educator in New York and he is a part of the Hacienda community. And he does something that I affectionately call sex ed porn, where he's showing real bodies and real life sex education while there's someone consenting, he's showing negotiation, he's showing basics of tying, like a couple, couple little things that are in the more BDSM kink role world, but he's showing proper anal sex, but he's doing it with real bodies. And it's so, um, different to, you know, I, when I come up and I'm, I'm going to teach, I have a vulva puppet. I'm not going to get naked. I'm not going to lead someone through a thing on, on screen. So I'm relatively limited, you know, granted I'll have dildos and I'll have different tools that I'll use to showcase something, but I'm not going to do the actual showcasing of the thing. I might leave my clothes on and I might demonstrate something, but I'm not going to go to the depths and how far he goes. And it sounds as though you are doing something very similarly, because to me, this is the ultimate way to learn. You know, you can get it in theory and you can get it in books and you can have someone talking direct to camera, just saying, do this and do that, or showing something with their hands. But if they don't actually do the thing with another person, it's really hard to get, you know, as someone who's trying to learn it, it's really hard to absorb it. And so me as a sex age educator in this space, I am so grateful to all of the other educators that find purpose in actually demonstrating start to finish how to do some of these things in a safe way that involves mindfulness and communication and um, presence and intention and all of that. And so kudos to you. I'm, I am curious about your course. And so keep me in the loop. I'll definitely send yes. you a message after <laughs> this because, you know, my partner and I, I am a sex nerd to the nth degree, which means I'll go for the retreat for sexological body work and I'll do this next course. Like I want to do all of the tools and all of the things so that one, I'm an embodied practitioner. And also because I teach the things that I most need to learn, which I'm sure it sounds like that's the case for you too. Like everything from starting jumping out of a plane, it's like learning how to be learning how to not fear death, not feeling like I would rather go to death instead of being alive, you know? So for me, I'm teaching the thing uh, that I most wish to learn. So I love being in a perpetual student seat while I also have the opportunity to be in the teacher role as well. And so, yeah, I definitely am curious. Oh, yes, definitely. I'll keep you in a loop. But just like you said, I'm also really passionate about what I do because this is my evolution because by teaching others, I'm evolving myself. And I call myself vulnerability coach because uh, vulnerability exploration is pretty much the goal of my own life because I see that the true spirituality is not about going to high places where you are kind of disconnecting from your body, disconnecting from the world, going into a cave and meditating. Uh, I chose Tantra because Tantra connects our real life experience, our world to the divine. And the only way to do it is by diving into ourselves inside of all the places that are hidden within us because we have a 
huge universe within ourselves. And so few of us take time to explore because we are only distracted by so many things. We are pulled by different like uh, social trends and uh, whoever is surrounding us. But very few of us actually take time to dive into ourselves. And even less of us are actually diving into the more shadow places but by shadow i mean the places that are not commonly visited like the things that we are afraid of the things we are ashamed of the things that are not acceptable for any reason so vulnerability journey is actually what helps me to love myself because by giving attention to these places within myself i'm learning self-love because self-love is not only bubble bubble bath and eating kale salad it's uh, much deeper than that it's all about seeing the worst in ourselves and still loving ourselves mm-hmm. and then we are able to actually see the worst in others and love ourselves and then the whole idea of the worst actually becomes just a label because there is nothing that is bad in ourselves it's ultimately part of human nature that we have aggression that we have the sexual urges that we have this fantasy that we have this fear and they have this shame it just becomes the part of the cocktail of being a human and i feel like this self-acceptance and self-love is what brought me the most happiness in life uh, accepting my sexuality i have so many fantasies it's incredible i keep learning more and accepting them without without being ashamed of them is what makes me love myself and that self-love allows me to attract partners who actually can love me because without loving myself there's no way somebody else will love me it's impossible so by loving myself i bring I attract the right people. I attract right situations. And I'm just being comfortable in my own skin. I'm just comfortable being with myself, being by myself. I don't need anything or anyone to make me happy. So therefore, I feel like the path of exploring vulnerabilities is the path of self-love. And self-love is equal and true happiness. So therefore, it's my life as something I chose to really practice every day of my life in all shapes and forms. And Therefore, sharing it with others is actually sharing it with me and by giving it to others and learning myself. And I'm also finding others who can guide me even deeper into myself in this path. So it's really amazing field to be in. So good. Wow. I think that that is a beautiful note to end our conversation. Is there anything else that you feel on your heart, on your mind? A last note that you would like to leave the listeners with. Of course, I am going to link all of the things that we talked about on the show today. Um, I'm going to link them in the show notes. They'll be sent out all over the place. So, and also, I think a number of you who are listening have gathered. If I or my guest mentions something and we do not link it, y'all just DM me on Instagram and I'll send it to you, <laughs> and then I'll update the show notes. So, is there anything that's on your heart or mind, Rena, that you would like to leave mm-hmm. our listeners with? Yeah, so my wish is to stay curious and to stay playful because so often we are stuck in the habitual ways of doing things and we don't recognize that we lost all the juice of living. And I keep on wishing everyone around to keep on exploring, keep on staying curious, keep on having an open mind, beginner's mind, and keep on trying something new. And I feel like this path of exploration is a really joyful path so this is my wish today oh yeah one thousand percent 
Thank you so much for coming on the show, Rena. This conversation was riveting. I am turned on and I am curious and I am excited and I am so grateful to have gotten to know you in this way. And I am so excited to learn more from you and about the work that you do in the world. And of course, um, encourage my community to connect with you and learn from you as well. And thank you. That's such a pleasure to connect with you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.